Hey, Yip, how you doing? You're doing really well. Excited to see you. Same, same wise. Likewise, I'm happy to talk to you finally. So here we are. This is, I don't have a name, but let's call it Mr. Pink Podcast for now. Mr. Pink PC Podcast. You like it like that? or? I love it. Perfect. Mr. Ping is a unique name, so why not, right? It is. One day we'll we'll explain why we are called Mr. Ping, but not today. It's a secret, secret story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the idea of, of these talks we're doing is talking with um, somehow people connected to Mr. Ping for now, and then probably we'll we'll extend that to other other people. But you know, uh, people connected to Mr. Ping and the investment, the BC um, sector entrepreneurs, uh, professors, mentors, and you fit all the categories. <laughs> so this is going to be a, a fun chat. And of course, uh, you work with us, which is extremely important, and we'll get to that. But I'm just going to very quickly read through a couple of things you've done in your career. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of it because we will we'll run out of time. But just to give a glimpse to the people listening, you are a startup founder. You work uh, in the World Bank, managing big data. You took a leadership role at Intel. You are a startup advisor and mentor till today. You are a professor at uh, Haas School of Business at Berkeley with a very interesting, some courses, but one very interesting course about BC that we'll talk about it in a minute. Many other things, and most important, you work with us, Mr. Pink, doing different, different things as a venture partner, but with a, with a very broad role that we'll discuss. So thanks, thanks for talking to, to me. It's going to be super interesting. And, and if you want, we can start it. I, I think you have a great story. You are from, from Thailand, and uh, you have a great story from, uh, from Thailand to from Bangkok, I would say, right? Because you're from Bangkok, right? From Absolutely. Bangkok I'm from Bangkok. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you want, we're going to start from there. Absolutely. Well. As you know, uh, we, we talk about this many times, right? Like um, Bangkok, Thailand, people, you know, love to go there. That's where I grew up. That's where I was born. I went to college there. Um, came here for graduate school um, about 20 years ago. And my first stop was in Michigan and Arbor. So it was a, a rapid change, you know, from a very warm climate to a very cold climate, so to speak. And it... It was one of the best experiences I had because right after that, um, I joined the World Bank in Washington, D.C., where I support ministries of finance in emerging markets in so many regions around the world. LATAM is one of the key regions, Eastern Europe, Africa, and Asia, uh, the region where I came from. And through that experience, very early on, I saw the rise in technology industry. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I saw it firsthand even in Africa 17, 15 years ago that people used feature phone to transfer money from one province to another to um, their cousins and relatives. I thought I had hypothesis back then that technology was going to be big, right? And that was before the first iPhone was launched. And through that sort of firsthand experience and thinking coming from emerging markets, I really wanted to get into technology and, 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 and probe what it can do for human lives. So I came here, uh, moved from the East Coast, Washington, D.C. to Silicon Valley. 
And of course, my first stop in Silicon Valley was at High School of Business, where I met Hernan as uh, my classmate at UC founder. Berkeley. The founder. Yes, the founder, founder. GP of, of Mr. Pink. Um, and after that, we kind of like went separate ways. So he went back to Argentina, founded his own company. I've been here. Um, I, I don't move away. I enjoy uh, being in the Bay Area, working in a big enterprise company like Intel, where I was trained and worked with the C-level executive and leaders who were trained by Andy Grove. It was the best learning experience, right, to kind of jump into tech, really understand history of, you know, hardware, software, and now, you know, we are talking a lot about software and, and SaaS application services. So that, that was the first stop that I thought it was very critical to actually launch my career. Um, I spent seven years at Intel. I launched um, one of the first Android-based tablet business for the world, um, targeting education um, for kids and, you know, for personal use and entertainment. Um, it was one of those things that made me even more curious about what else we can do to create a global impact. Um, after I left Intel, I joined a pre-IPO company, and along the way, I also had a chance to work with um, the top-level academia from UC Berkeley who founded Skydeck, mm -hmm. which today is one of the top three incubation programs in, in, in the area, if not the world. Um, they, Can you talk they, a little bit about the Skydeck? Because uh, yeah. some people are not familiar with that program, but I think it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Skydeck is an incubation program that is very unique. So it's unique because one, 50% of the founders in the cohort, 50% of companies that they recruited, is actually targeted international founders, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the U.S. founders or, you know, people um, in the area. And um, number two, it's directly linked with UC Berkeley. It's a part of UC Berkeley. So people who came in, um, the founding team, the leadership team, they get immediate access to um, computer science and engineering college, um, business school, huge alumni network, um, they are considered as a part of Berkeley. And I think the resource itself is really huge in terms of recruiting the talent, forming the team, tapping into net, you know, um, university network and research that is really well known um, inside UC Berkeley. But most importantly, also because of the location. We are sure. in the Bay Area. So every single cohort that comes in, they get a lot of attention from top VCs. Right, um, VCs are here. They want to come and see, you know, what are the latest and greatest idea that they can fund. So Skydeck is one of the kind of, um, you know, um, for me, it's a pivot point because I was engaged early on uh, when the VC was founded, and that's turned me to answer your question, kind of like a long story. That's kind of turned me into VC, and I still see a lot of opportunities and perhaps gaps. Right. Mm -hmm. um, as much as Skydeck has done a great job, there should be a lot of early stage venture capital funds that bring the capital directly to talented entrepreneurs all around the world, especially emerging markets. I mean, 50% of the companies in a cohort is not enough, right? We have to be able to democratize our access, um, you know, to founders in LATM in Asia and some other regions. And that's why, that's why 
am a part of Mr. Pink. I know that we start in Lat M, but we are not restricted, you know, in the future that this is only the um, the region we're going to do. And I think that our vision, you know, as you shared with us as well, that it's much bigger than what we do right now. Absolutely. Great, great uh, segue deal, Mr. Pink. It really, really gives us the whole the whole journey, at least a little bit, bit better picture of the whole journey. And I, I couldn't have put it uh, better than you, like, that's that's uh, the gap you, that you are defining is what we're trying to to fill with uh, Mr. Pink. That's why we chose this, uh, at least for now, at least for this uh, first fund, uh, uh, fund at, least, at least for what we're doing right now, we we are filling the gap in um, the region that we call Capuc, uh, <laughs> which is Chile, uh, Peru, Uruguay, Argentina, and Colombia. Uh, why? Precisely because we think there is a lot of talent, a lot of opportunities, a lot of great companies, uh, but still, till today, although it's changing, we are part of the movement, it's, just, it's a lack of access to capital, access to uh, sometimes mentors, sometimes key resources. And uh, because, yeah, of course, LATAM is very big. And if you, if you think, uh, many people think about LATAM and they think Brazil, huge, huge. Uh, monster in terms of uh, the, the kind of companies that they come from there and unicorns they have. If you think Mexico, because of the proximity to the U.S., because of the size, because of the culture, also extremely well-funded in terms of uh, funds and in terms of companies that they uh, that, 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 that they that come out of, of there. But then Latin America is is very big and. Uh, and mm -hmm. Of course, we are we are a small fund and we cannot cover everything. And we and there is a there is a, a key aspect which is a specialization. If you try to cover everything, you don't cover anything. If you yeah. specialize on some sectors and on some uh, countries, you mm -hmm. are better known. You know where how to deal with uh, with uh, entrepreneurs, how to access entrepreneurs, how to create deal flow, how to create partnerships with other co uh, funds that are in the region. And we decided to go to these five countries because. They are the most promising, promising ones in the region, so at least we feel like it. Of course, some people in, I don't know, Panama and, uh, and Ecuador and Bolivia and many other places will say, hey, what about us? Uh, sure. I mean, there, there will be somebody helping you, and we will probably at some point too, but we, you, you have to focus at some point, and we, we think we, we have, we're, it's a good focus that we have, and we are helping cover this gap that we, you were talking about. And doing a, a little segue on working uh, as a PC in Latin America and LATAM, working with us, um, we have a, a fund that is somehow diverse and we want it to be more diverse. But, but most of us, all of us, we speak, our main language is Spanish, uh, mm -hmm. but you. <laughs> so <laughs> my question is, Hola. how is your experience working with us you can you can be honest. I will edit out anything. Oh, of that. course. <laughs> but what's your experience working with with uh, a LATAM VC fund and working with people that speak Spanish mainly and working with entrepreneurs uh, with uh, with uh, the main language being uh, Spanish? Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't feel strange at all. I don't, and I think that it's good to hear. It's it's been my training since. I, 20 years ago since I worked, started my journey at the World Bank as an economist, right? It was, I consider myself global, 
um, and not particularly that, you know, um, I have to be in a Bay Area only or in Asia only. It just, that part to me personally doesn't make any sense. You know, when we talk about emerging markets, absolutely, LATM is is one of the top, given the opportunities that you mentioned. That's why we we choose to go into five major countries first. Um, I mean, what's not to like about working with Mr. Ping? Uh, <laughs> That's good to hear. The, the, yeah, so the, the, the most impressive thing, I have to say, because I work with a lot of VC funds, um, and I operated here in the Bay Area before founding Mr. Ping and work alongside you, I think that what differentiated us is we are entrepreneurs and we are operators before mm-hmm. becoming a VC. So we know deeply how hard it is you know, for founders to actually found a company and try to scale. And we bring that um, understanding uh, into investment. Uh, we are ready to help them. And even if we, I mean, even even if your first language is Spanish, my first language is Thai, but so what, right? Um, <laughs> yes. We actually end up speaking the same language somehow yeah. because yeah. we know what are the core issues and the challenges that the entrepreneurs are facing that we have to come in and help. And in fact, I would look at this as our competitive advantage because I've been here for, you know, 20 some years and we know what it takes. We, we see a lot of, uh, companies here and we know what it takes to win and this is the path that we want to bring top companies that we invest in when they want to raise the next round when they want network when they want exposure mm-hmm. um in the bay area in silicon valley that's what we can help you you know you travel a lot including in europe and that's what you bring in right so even though we focus on LATAM investment right now our exposure is actually global if you really think about it. And I like also the fact that we are very honest with each other. Meaning, you know, you're not too overexposed, but when we discuss about deals, which company are we gonna invest in? Which company are we gonna pass? And here's our thesis. What thesis makes sense and why this doesn't make sense at this point in time. An ability to be able to talk with open mind, um, regardless of who you are, where you are from, I think that when, where, where the best idea wins, and I think that's really um, telling a lot about how we work within the team. And it's a lot of fun. There are stressful times like any other venture funds, but it's mm-hmm. also like a really good time. So to me, it's our core strengths more than anything else, well, that we are different and diverse. Very well put. Absolutely. I'm happy to hear that. But also, like, yeah, it, it, we are an strange fund in a good way because uh, although we invest in, in uh, mainly Spanish, only I would say Spanish speaking uh, founders, although sometimes there are founders from other places in the world that has come to, like, to Latin America to create their companies, so it's slightly different. But it's funny because most a lot of most i would say most of the communications we have internally in the fund uh, are in english and uh, a lot of our investors I, I wanted to say most of our investors uh, speak english as as, as, as a Absolutely. Language or, or that's the way we communicate and uh, our report is in english everything is in english and then we go and talk with spanish uh, <laughs> spanish native spanish speakers as founders but it's 
uh, I think that's as you would be perfectly, put it perfectly. Uh, it's a it's, it's a great advantage. It's like mixing both worlds: the connection with Silicon Valley, and best best practices, good connections, uh, communicating. When we have our meetings, as you know, we debate everything uh, in English. I mean, of course, an English conversation because uh, it's how it's supposed to be. Uh, your Spanish is not there yet, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, I say hola. All right. Oh, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get up to speed on that. All right. <laughs> it, it's great as you as you put it. I think it's a it's a big strength strength to have one feet in Europe, one feet in the U.S. And then constantly being with a focus on Latin, but but not forgetting that yeah we are a global a global fund and our, our our investors our LPs are global, uh, our BPs venture partners and partners are, are global. So I think that gives a lot of uh, hedge to the fund, and, and mm -hmm. I'm happy to have debates uh, in English where as you said like uh, because that's another thing that I want put to to point out like we don't have big committees as some funds when we are discussing investments they, they don't go through big committees we have a, a process that i think we talked uh, a little bit about it when we had the last conversation with hernan which is i'm not going to go through it but it has different phases from very early with uh, very little information from the founders to a little more information on the hard numbers or hard facts of the company to to a more in-depth analysis mm -hmm. by the, the, the gps or the partners or everybody involved and then we tend to go when it comes to the last stages to have uh, good debates uh, between everybody in the company and especially people like you and, and all the partners and we bounce ideas and we openly debate and and as you know um, we are very direct in a good way like do you like it or not why do you like it i don't like mm -hmm. it i do like it because <laughs> of this and, and it's very uh, it's very rich. liberating Yes, yeah. liberating and rich conversation. At the end of the day, you take a decision. You hear all the points. Some points would come from people like you, which uh, vast experience, but also different angle, completely different angle mm -hmm. than my angle and Hernan's angle, and definitely mm -hmm. Diego's angle, which is another partners or JP angle or Gonzalo, which is more in finance. Like, and we put all together, and and we think we we reach good with good outcomes, with conclusions. I, I'm happy about it at yeah. least. Yeah, absolutely. We take every deal seriously. So <laughs> that's why there are a lot of internal we debates, great debates. Yeah. Not, yeah. not like extreme bureaucracy, long investment committees. Like our committees is a conversation that we are having where we put mm -hmm. ideas, then we elaborate some kind of memo where we say yes because of this, no because of that, and, and we come to a conclusion. And yeah. very happy about most that. importantly, most importantly, a lot of people didn't realize that you know, we are VCs, but we are entrepreneurs ourselves. I mean, even the way we operate the fund, right? As yes. you said, this is our fund one. We focus on five countries. We actually have to also build a fund, right? And that is also entrepreneurship. Um, yes. And, you know, that's how we really understand um, how sure. challenge it is, you know, to get the, um, to, to make sure that entrepreneurs would, um, benefit from our knowledge and network, and that's how we can help. Absolutely, and I, I, I say I've said it before. I'll say it again in English. We we always are on the side of the of the entrepreneur. So uh, the process sometimes with VCs is some people even fear it or they feel like it's it's opaque or or not really funder friendly. A lot of funds saying they're funder friendly. Maybe they are. We are we are too, but we are in a 
very hands-on way in the sense like if we don't invest, we we try to be as, as open and polite as we can, but also especially give candid uh, feedback, uh, good feedback yeah. that can help the company go forward, even if it's in a very early stage. At least we say, okay, we cannot invest in you. It's very interesting, but you are out of the tissues of the fund or this is because we're not, we're not investing in, and the reviews we get uh, is, 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 is bad that I say it, but it, they are very, very motivating uh, reviews because uh, most of the times when we say no, it's like entrepreneurs feel like we help them. We help them maybe mm -hmm. talk to different VCs. We connect them with other VCs. We help them understand why we feel maybe something they're doing. It's maybe not, uh, not, not, of course they know the business better than we do, but we give our point of view about the market, about, about the future of, I don't know, some, some, some strategy. And they really appreciate it. And, and, and we, we proud ourselves to be fast, as, as fast as we can, transparent as much as we can, and mm -hmm. give feedback as positive and as helpful as, as we can. Yep, yep, agreed. Let's talk about the, the topic of this chat, but you know, the, the idea was to talk about with you about anything, but the topic was impact investment. So I, I think it's a great moment to, uh, to talk a little, bit, a little bit about that. Like, and I'll start maybe for some people because it's a broad term and it's most people maybe have an idea of what it is, but I, I love to hear from you. What do you consider that it's uh, impact investment? Yeah, um, a lot of people thought impact investing means nonprofit. Okay, mm -hmm. um, when they hear the word impact, it's, is it social impact only? Is it nonprofit? It's actually not. You know, the way that they define impact investing is how we use the new, you know, say capitalism, right? Capitalist um, and investment to incentivize social change. And investment in VC is the key area to catalyst or catalyze the, the change that we want to see. And Mr. Pink um, or investing in Latin America actually really fit beautifully in this area. Okay. So what I like to say as an economist, I said, you know, when, when, when you invest, um, financial returns are necessary, but not sufficient. Mm -hmm. The sufficient condition is you have to have impact returns. What it means is that we are in the new world right now that we know that there are a lot of challenges and problems when you only optimize the financial returns and you ignore the impact that you create in the society. And if you just go to, you know, the other extreme, which is nonprofit only, then you can actually um, effectively generate um, lucrative return to the LPs, limited partners or investor of the fund. So that's not a VC business model. So to me, we live in um, the right time when we look at Mr. Pink investing in, let's say, starting in Latin America. The way that we invest, of course, we optimize financial returns because, you know, we, we have commitment to our investors and, and our limited partners. But at the same time, the sectors that we choose to invest in, whether or not it's fintech, you know, financial inclusions, health tech, you know, we really care about health deliveries, you know, that would scale and expand throughout the region if, you know, not outside the region as well. Um, food tech, um, ag tech, agriculture, that 
hopefully, you know, um, in some cases, it would also reduce carbon monoxide and, and, and whatnot. All of these areas create positive social returns, and we call them impact returns. Um, good example that you, you know, that you know really well as well, Talently, right? Mm-hmm. Women entrepreneurs, founders, creating reskill, upskill, and classes, you know, for the general population so that they can in, um, increase their wage rate, increase employment, and also, you know, overall return for the society. These are the kind of impact returns that we like to see, as well as they're doing really well, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, they grow, they, if not triple by the time that we put our first check in, you know, until today. And that's also financial return that we, you know, we see for our fund as well as, you know, for the entrepreneurs themselves. So if I may summarize, you know, imp- um, um, impact investing is the new kind of investing that we use capitalism to incentivize social change. It's not, it's not a trade-off for us. For us, we demand financial returns for our LPs and investors, and we also demand social returns that benefit in a society through our core thesis of investment in different verticals that create direct impact in the economies. Well, if, any, if anybody didn't have it clear, I think it's clear right now. Perfectly <laughs> Yes, and it has different layers. Uh, as you said, in, investing in the region, in a way, it's, it's a way of... In impact investment already, like investment in a region with no so much access to capital, but then you go deep as you as you were explaining, and you can help a lot. You can help a lot in different ways, but not uh, as an NGO, as you correctly said. Like these people immediately think like it, it means like you are like an NGO. No, not at all. We have a. Uh, <laughs> we have high expectations. Yes, yeah. <laughs> expected return and an obligation with our LPs, our investors. And, and this is just a, a way of investing. And you mentioned Talently, amazing company, definitely doing impact in the society uh, and also doing really well as a company with Domenica. Shout, to, shout out to her as a head of the, of the company. I was talking to her the other day. Amazing company, but we have others. I mean, we could, uh, I would say, uh, if not all, most of our investments t- today f- f- fall fall in that in that category. Mm-hmm. We have some some fintech investments that the other day I was discussing with Hernan that that is not fair to call it fintech because that sounds like a new bank or something like that. It's more it more it's more like social impact investments in the sense that one of them is mm-hmm. a, a way to um, improve the access to to to, to capital. capital. Mm-hmm. To, to people that really can not reach it in the same way as, as other because they're not so privileged or because they're, they're in different circumstances or because they did a default on one of the payments and now they don't know what to do. Or And, and those companies have an That's impact. That's a great society. company. I love that company that we invested in. So. Yes, and also, again, doing great because if you improve the way you facilitate that access to capital, to debt, to many other people can, you know, have a, a, a debt in a clean way, not in a, in a, you know, not so clean in the sense like not, 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 not understanding well how the payments work, how they can get be left out of the system. If you prove that, banks improve their bottom line too. And they're happy with that's you, right. but you're making an impact on society. So those, those are the investments yep. that we like. 
we love to do. Yep, and that's win win win, right? It's win for the entrepreneur, it's win for us as an investor, and it's also win for the society. Okay. So that's why the the concept, which is relatively new, of impact investing, is actually creating or incentivize um, the strategy that that win for everyone. Exactly, it's a win for everyone. And some people might say, uh, "Well, I'm not interested in investing in investing if, if if it doesn't have have an impact," which is it's a good trend in today's society. Like not invested for the investing for the sake of investing, but also I require mm-hmm. some kind of impact. So yeah, we we are. We are in that boat, but considering mm-hmm. that returns are key for us, it's not like we are. This, uh, we, we are. We want to, as you pointed out, like it has to be a win for everybody, society, us as a fund, and for sure mm-hmm. the entrepreneurs. Yeah. And super interesting talk. I, I would like to close if you have some time uh, talking about a bit a bit about your your program, your course you have. Uh, at Berkeley, USB uh, has a business school, uh, mm-hmm. su- super interesting um, uh, course that you give there. I heard it's extremely popular. Everybody wants to get in. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. a PC course, and uh, mm-hmm. you actually feature Hernan in one of the talks, I think. Hernan, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. Uh, founder. Uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit, like, how is this, that course <laughs> going? What are the reviews? Are people enjoying that course? I'm sure they are. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually what I teach, impact investing. Yes. And it's a class for MBAs at the High School of Business, UC Berkeley. It's very popular because, you know, one is is, is also the trend that um, students uh, right now, at least um, in this generation, they really want to become a VC. You know, um, it's something that they see as a way for them to create larger impact in the society. And so to train them to be the next generation VC, um, the class is, is broken down into basically two themes. One, you know, they have to learn the concept of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we do every day, you and I. Um, you know, what it means, what's the thesis, you know, what are different sectors and whatnot, how they calculate financial returns as well as impact returns. And another side of it is they have to practice doing it. The way to learn in this kind of course, you can't just learn it through lecture. Lecture is, is, is the foundation, but then they have to go out and practice. So students have the opportunity to go source deals, um, to interview entrepreneurs and startups, especially early stage companies that are currently raising funds, a small, you know, small funds. And um, they would go and figure out whether or not this is the kind of company they want to invest in. So they... They're essentially a VC in training. Uh-huh. And towards the end of the semester, if this is the company that they choose and you know they passed through the criteria we are looking at, they came back to class and you know they pitched um, to us and, and we agreed that this is the company that we should invest in, they actually get to make an actual investment mm-hmm. while at school. And that's why it's popular because it's kind of like a hands-on experience. They get theory and they work with mentor um, from the industry like Hernan. Hernan is one of the mentors that work mm-hmm. closely with the students um, to guide them through all the process from deal sourcing, interviewing, doing due diligence to investment. Um, 
I, you know, and this is what we do at work at Mr. Ping. Um, mm-hmm. I just translate and sort of like a, a shorter um, yep. or recap summary version um, for the students so that once they graduate, this is one of the toolbox or the career choice that they may want to pursue. So it's, it's, it's new. Um, not a lot of, you know, not all business schools are able to offer this. I think uh, high school business is really unique in that way that we are able to offer this kind of class. Absolutely, sounds amazing because it's it's like a, a small a small scale real life experiment experiment uh, as a BC like from the, the very beginning of the due diligence and, and and sourcing the deals as you as you said to finally investing even if it's yeah. not a huge amount but it, it's real you you are a, a BC. In the making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and not all students choose to become a VC. Um, so students who take this class, some of them, you know, want to found a company. They want to be an entrepreneur. But it's also beneficial for them to really understand what VCs are looking for. Absolutely. Right. So you have to sit Absolutely. at the other side of the table so that you can, you know, um, pitch better, that you understand um, two sides of the coin and all those things that, you know, come with um, the type of learning and honestly, it's so fulfilling to me to return to Berkeley because I graduated more than 10 years ago um, from the business school and returned to the school as a professional faculty and bring the hands-on experience as well as network, you know, like Mr. Ping to come in and say, hey, you know, we are doing something that is really innovative. We are um, investing in emerging markets. And these are actually really, really amazing deals that we have and while creating an impact. So it became the real life case study mm-hmm. for the students, um, whether or not they choose to go and, and take um, this career later on, that's their choice. But at least they have the mindset that from now on, what you need to do, you have to think about, okay, whether or not this is impactful, whether or not this is creating meaningful return, and look at multifacet from different stakeholders in the industry and how to create win-win solutions. Absolutely. Well, I think <laughs> that's that's a great way to, to finish this conversation. I mean, we have talked about many, many aspects uh, of the industry, of you as a professor, investor uh, with us at Mr. Pink. All, all left to say is thank you for your time, Jeep. Really, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I love working with you and talking to you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, next conversation we have, we'll have it in private with no cameras around, but <laughs> we, have, we have the same fun. So, adios, Jeep. Hablamos pronto. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Bye.